Hello and welcome to another episode of Fool's Daily. Oh, wait, no. It's not, is it? You don't live here anymore, Rodney. <sighs> You've a become a millionaire. <laughs> well, yeah, it's nice of you to say so. <laughs> no, this is not Fool's Daily. Fool's Daily is dead, gone, finished. This is a new show. This is the Butterfly Gamers. So, what is Butterfly Gamers? By the way, my name is Mike. I've been a gamer for many, many years. Uh, what year is it now? 2016. Yes. So, that is 32 years I have been a gamer. Um, and my fellow two hosts are Mr. Matthew Spooner, Esquire. Good evening. He's the sweary one. I'm not allowed to swear. This is a 12A podcast. And, and how long have you been a gamer, Matt? I've, uh, uh, so if I'm 43 now... I have to do sums and stuff. And I started gaming when I was, let's say, 13, because that makes the maths really easy. <laughs> About 30 years. Excellent. It would have been, a, it would have been kind of second year of high school. Cool. What they call year nine now. No, year eight. I don't know, because I don't know that newfangled shit that kids do. <laughs> he said a rude word. 12A, I'm allowed to say that. Mike Occasionally. Okay. Well, that's one. Occasional strong language. Yes, well, that's not strong, but... Grr! That was my strong language. Is it? Yeah. <laughs> Deltoid. <laughs> what? It's a muscle, isn't it? It's a muscle. It's a strong language. Oh, I see. Quadricep. Meccano. What? I was thinking laterally there. Oh! Something I don't do very often. So the other, that voice, that's Mr. Conrad E.J. Gonsalves, Esquire. Hello! He is very old. He's like a million years old. How old are you, Conrad? And one. I am uh, the. I am fifty-three of Earth years old. Fifty-three. Yes. You're and nearly like... old enough to be my dad. <sighs> I thought I was. No, you. You're my daddy. I can be a daddy if you want <laughs> to. Uh, and I have been to keep the math simple. And saying, also saying that I've been gaming from when I was about 13. I've been gaming for 40 years. 40 years? Blimey, that's nearly as long as I've been alive. It is as long as I've been alive. You're older than me, so that just doesn't fly. Yeah, yeah that's true. I I'm the baby here. You are, which is really worrying. <laughs> and Matt's the baby of anything. It's just not good. Do you need to have your nappy changed? No, I'm fairly sure I'm all right at this moment. 
That's I'm good. sitting on a potty. Ah, thanks for sharing. So, what is Butterfly Gamers all about? It was Matt's idea. So, blame him. Okay. Well, through the various iterations of podcasts that we've been involved in, sometimes together, sometimes separately, we do like to blather on about stuff. Um, and when Fool's Daily kind of finished up and Malifools had done, and I kind of did a little bit with School of Foe with Joel, but I kind of wanted to talk about more than Malifaux. We kind of had a little pause, and I thought, well, we want to do something again. we just got too much wisdom to keep bottled up, and we should inflict it, I mean, share it with other people. Was wisdom in air quotes? No, that's, that's <laughs> genuine wisdom here. Is that? No. Okay, good. Mr. Gridsdale! Yeah. My Norman wisdom. <laughs> <laughs> so, and Butterfly Gamers, because we do get occasionally supported, blamed, or otherwise derided for being somewhat flighty in our gaming, but well, particularly me and Marshall. Conrad's a little bit more disciplined, but not particularly. No, I may purchase rule sets, but I don't necessarily get the opportunity to play them all. But having said that, I do play a lot of games myself as well. Mm. And there's nothing wrong with that? No. There is absolutely nothing wrong with that, no. Did Scarlett Johansson really weep? Well, that's the way I imagine her. Yeah, I thought that. What, weeping? Yes. Yeah, because obviously the handcuff to the radiator has got to chafe a little bit. I thought you didn't use handcuffs because it did chafe. I thought you just used duct tape. Well, it takes the hair off the skin and she's got such lovely skin. I wouldn't want to damage the skin in case I want to wear her later. Okay. (laughs) So, that's basically basically who we are. Jennifer Lawrence and Kelly Brook wept for me. Mm. That's understandable. Yeah. Through Mike, didn't it? (laughs) You're all wrong, as expected, but there you go. Um, So, if you want to listen to previous murmurings or mutterings from us, uh, you can do searches for many, many podcasts Boosted Damage, Malafools, Fools Daily, School of Foe. Anything else? Grumpy War Gamers. Grumpy War Gamers. There's only two episodes, though. I think and, that's it. And it's mainly just us talking about Kickstarter. Well, we talk or, about other or, games and stuff or as resin. well. Or, or resin. No, grum, in Grumpy War Gamers. Yeah. So, so this show is basically a general gaming podcast. It's, we're going to cover loads and loads of games, um, mainly because we play loads and loads of games. Uh, it's going to also cover movies. Uh, Matt and I both love our movies. Um, he's often wrong. Bollocks. Um, though he was completely correct about Fury Road. Mm-hmm. And Terminator Genesis. And ter- you were right about Terminator Genesis as well. And one of those movies is much better than the other one. <laughs> um, we'll probably talk about computer games a bit. Yeah. You know, nerd-type stuff. 
Conrad will probably regale you with stories of his latest tea turtle T-shirt or something. Tea turtle T-shirt. Tea turtle T-shirt. I thought he was going to say tea turtle T-shirt. Tea turtle T-shirt. Oh no. So that's it. Don't you mean qwerty T-shirt? I don't know. Oh. There's another one called Tea Turtle, isn't there? Oh, I don't go to Tea Turtle. No, you just... I, I, I need to look now to see what Tea Turtle... <laughs> is there a Tea Turtle? I don't know. I might just be old and know. confused. Oh, is, is that what you're just doing in the month of January, being Tea Turtle? No, I'm Tea Turtle permanently. There was an article... There was a thing on BBC earlier. Um, a show saying how you can cut down on alcohol. And my response to, when I was shouting at the TV and cutting down on alcohol, was, don't drink! If you don't drink it, you'll cut it out! It's really quite easy. Yeah, all right. Mother Teresa. New Year's Eve party? party, Not a drop past my lips. I may have partaken. Yeah, well, I may have been... Yeah, I imbibed. It, it, it was the first time I've been out for New Year's for a good 20-odd years, I'd say. Okay, thanks, old man. You know it's our, like, 30-year anniversary, or 20-year anniversary. No, it's 20 years. Is there a date for that? Um, September. Oh, that'd be Games Day-ish time, wouldn't it be? Yeah. Yeah. We'd been talking before, but we'd not met. Are you going to redo your vows? I'm expecting know, flowers. I don't know, because it's also my 20th wedding anniversary. I'm Are you expecting, expecting flowers, or do you just want his tulips? <laughs> I'm expecting flowers and a good time on that day. Yeah, but I said a really good joke based on flowers, and you just completely <laughs> I, I did, it. I did. No, I just, did laugh inside. Cocking rude. I nearly said the F word, but I'm not allowed. You aren't. Damn it. No, no sweary words. No. So Fool's Daily was fun whilst it lasted, but it was becoming more and more of a bind to a yeah. certain and extent. The reason, and the reason it was becoming a bind was because it was called Daily. Yeah. Yeah, and even though we like speaking to each other... All uh, the time. We really needed more content, and more participation, and despite the... The pleas for help, that didn't really happen, so... <laughs> no, it's all your fault out there, people. Yeah, it's all your fault. Well, no, it's takers. They all takers, yeah. aren't they? <laughs> no, the, I mean, the issue is... I mean, certainly in my case, for Fool's Daily, the issue was I was feeling pressure to put out an episode daily, and if I missed an episode or I missed a week because, you know, real life got in the way, I felt bad about it. Even though, you know, free content, no money... I felt bad, and so that's sort of why Fools disappeared. But with this, it's irregular. You you might get episodes once a month. You might get an episode, two episodes in a week. Depends on what we're doing and what we're recording and things. An episode might be two hours long. It might be 20 minutes long. Who can tell? But But it's a vehicle for us to carry on in some way, shape or form. Yes. Basically, so the three people who've said what has happened to Fools Daily can still listen to our dulcet tones. Yeah. Those those dedicated yet slightly crazy people. Yeah. Mm. Plus, of course, we have to make people spend more hobby money. 
and we're well, really very good at that. <laughs> yeah, um, that's kind of the bit that really also spurred on the desire to do this is some of the best feedback we got from people when we were doing dailies and the like were when we started talking about the new systems and new rule sets and what we were doing with them. But also, we're going to be exploring, potentially exploring, new media too. I don't know why I'm doing Arkwright impressions every now and then. I don't know. Because you're an idiot? <laughs> yes. <laughs> but I don't, that doesn't need to be repeated. That just goes without saying, doesn't it? Yeah, sort of. But, you know, it's always fun to repeat it. <laughs> <laughs> so we might be looking at, apart from the blog, because we do have a blog and a website. We do, though... It's going to move around slightly. Butterflygamer.com at the moment. Uh, for now. Yeah, it will be butterflygamers.com. But both will, it work. will. But we're looking at uh, potential video logs as well. Yeah, you see. Or vlogs, as the kids like to call them. Vlogs, you mean? Vlogs. We're going to be. No, we're going to become YouTubers, basically. Yeah, like that Zoella bird. Yeah. I could pull that off. <laughs> pull her <laughs> off. Hey. See, I thought that's all exactly where you were going, but obviously that was a secondary consideration. It was. Gee, I did... <laughs> that would just make me feel slightly guilty. You see, that I bet there's this... Sorry, I'm looking at websites. I bet there's this built with the WordPress. Yeah, I reckon so. You see, that looks all right. All right. Sorry, I was momentarily distracted. Okay, fair enough. It doesn't matter. You know, we're only recording. Yep. It'll take us time to warm up, Mike, like we normally do. It will. Yeah. It will. And, you know, I'll just get grumpy about it. Because that's what I do. Don't be grumpy. Plus, I finished my sheet. Oh, it looks good. <laughs> Your sheep. sheep for what? For Frostgrave. <laughs> Frostgrave? What's that? Why, why do you need sheep in Frostgrave? Oh, it's on the chart. Killer rabid snow sheep. <laughs> Alright. Okay, so Conrad, being the organised project manager type. Oh, the other thing we can use to talk about on this is we can talk about um, our new game. Well, of course we can. I've already just thought of that. Really? Yes. Where have you been? Well, we should keep that. Keep that. Yeah, we're going to save that back for a bit. Yeah. Yeah, save right, it back. Then. Yeah. Okay. But yes, you're right. We can pimp that. Cool. Um. So Conrad has written a an agenda of things for us to talk about, which we will probably ignore. Well, we can start on number one. Whether we'll get to number five, I don't know. Yeah, because it is the 4th of January when we record this, and a whole year has gone by. It has. Now, you can read um, Conrad's and Matt's write-up of how they did in 2015 um, in their blog posts on the website. <laughs> now, I should point out, there's no, there's no real reason to drive you to the website. Okay, there's no ads or anything on the website. But I thought we were all going to become millionaires if they clicked on no. it and visited it so much and we got free stuff. And No. It's all that whole kind of multimedia thing that means even if we're not recording, then we can jump up 
onto and put blogs up and we can put links to things we can talk about the game of the month which is something that we'll chat about later we can talk about our potential for a monthly film club about revisiting old geeky nerdy film favorites that you may have forgotten from about in the past there's all sorts of shit that we can put up on there so there's going to be lots of different content rather than us just coming all over people's ears as long as we remember to do it and we don't get bored well, some of us have already put a multiple blog posts up. Just saying. Uh, I've put one up, and it's very long. It's nearly as long as your your two. It's not. It's not the length. It's the girth. Yeah, mine's wide as well. It's gone full width. Matt's is wider because of that stupid graphic he used. Well, he, I didn't know. You said you got it all in control. You got to format, it and everything will be fine. So I don't know what's going on there. Anyway, um, so. You can read about how Matt and um, Conrad did on their 2015 resolutions on the website. The short version is, they did crap. I didn't do that bad. Oh, you did terrible. I didn't. You read I, through I, the list. It's, didn't do any. Didn't do any. Didn't yeah, do any. but then if you add in all the extra bits, yeah, which weren't, weren't even accounted for, I, I did the 50%. And, and you just made stuff up. You went... You went, oh, look, I've had to paint a Relic Knights force for this tournament. I didn't um, have to. I shall make it, I shall just go, ah, oh, look, see, that counts. And they're black anyway, so it's just spray paint with a bit of highlight in. Black's hard to paint, the same as white, and you know it. <laughs> just not to know out. So hey, they basically... hey, 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 you're, you're putting to... You're putting to the shame the people who voted that army as best painted. So it was only you and Nigel at that tournament. No. I have to, why didn't I come second or first if there was only me and Nigel? Well, have you seen you play games? <laughs> I have. That's why you didn't come second or first. Every time I play, I see myself playing a game because I have out-of-body experiences. Because <laughs> I'm never there on the table playing I'm surprised. <laughs> so, they did really badly and failed miserably. I think we should drop the really. No, I did really, really badly. I don't think I did really, really badly. I don't think I did really badly. I think I just did badly. All right, and you can just have a badly. Hey, I've achieved something. Oh, yeah, uh, no, you did really league. badly. I'm going I was, now. Yeah. Oh, thanks. Good night, everybody. And I did mine. So there. Did. Yeah, but you had to... No, you didn't have an easy one. You had something that needed... Was sensible? Yeah, it was sensible, but you also had something that needed a certain amount of willpower, really. Yes. Because it's so... It's, especially with the mentality of gamers as it is, it's easy to be a butterfly and flit around, but you, uh, you manage to buy stuff, clean it up, and get it undercoated. Yeah, so I was quite pleased with that. However, I did feel it wasn't that much of a challenge. Oh, okay. So I have given myself something slightly more challenging for 2016. Which is what? So, I play a lot of small little games. Um, like Travel Scrabble? No. No. Um, you know, Frostgrave and... Chocolate Monopoly? <laughs> there, there, there is such a thing, because one of the Christmas presents that I saw this year was Chris, was Chocolate Monopoly, and essentially... Is it Monopoly, but in chocolate? Essentially, yeah. So you only ever get to play it once. Because you eat everything. Pretty much. Okay. 
So I play lots of small little games. Frostgrave, Ogham. Um, What's Ogham? Because don't forget, not everybody will know. That's true. Of Gods and Mortals. Um, Fistful of Kung Fu. Um, Open Combat. Dead Man's Hand. In Her Majesty's Name. In Her Majesty's Name. Those sorts of ga- those sorts of games. I play a lot of those. Mainly with, mainly with Matt, though we have sort of um, oh across the dead earth. There's another one. Yeah. Um, we have roped another of our local. Oh, Matt and I live quite close to each other, so we play quite a lot. Um, Conrad lives in the big city. The smoke. Um, he has to get special permission to come and visit us and everything. And it uh, takes a long time for clearance for. It does. Our types to come that way. <laughs> what, old people? And that as well. Normally yeah. they let those in all the time. You should see well, them in the bungalows around here. It's the flood defences that <laughs> <laughs> have to go up. Don't mock Norfolk, you interlopers. It's a wonderful, wonderful place. No, it's not. I was talking about <laughs> my, my wee problem, basically. Oh, yeah. So, so I decided... How amazing would it be if I had a painted crew for all of those small games? And so I went through and I took the miniatures for one crew for each of of them, put them on a board, took a photograph of them and said, this is how they are now. Because some of them have got some paint on, but nothing is finished. And my 2016 goal is to paint all of them by the end of the year. And... Painting means I have to be happy with that I could, var- you know, that they could be varnished and be done. So it's not just a matter of putting base coats on and going, ha ha, look, they're done. No, none of your three colour minimums here. No, they have to be finished to my favourite, you know, my final standard. Um, which is okay. <laughs> it's not great, but it's okay. Better than average. But it's all right. So that's what. So that's what I'm doing. So that so that's my twenty. My twenty sixteen. That's my big twenty sixteen resolution is to paint all of those figures. Because and I thought the speed that I paint that is actually a challenge to do. Even though it's only it's probably only sixty figures. So people who paint Warhammer armies and stuff are going ha, do that in a weekend. Um, but for me, that is going to be it's going to be a real challenge. To, to paint that many models, but I'm looking for I'm looking forward to it, and it's it's interesting because it's actually inspired me to sit down and paint. Um, and I'll put some pictures up on the blog of uh, I'll put the picture up on the blog of what I've got to do and the first couple of figures that I've started on, which are looking exceptionally nice. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, yes. Very nice. I'm doing my frost grave first, so. But the good thing about it is I can just flit about. So, if I paint, I'm painting two wizards at the moment uh, for frost grave. My wizard and my apprentice. If I paint those and maybe one of the other models, then maybe next week I'll base up and undercoat um, something else. Your robots. Your robots for an imaginary night. Or um, my dead man's hand gang, because they're the, the dead man's hand gang are the ones who are, are, are unbased. So. Yeah, you know, I might I might paint those up, and then the following week I might do a one of the monsters for my open combat thing, and then come back to Frostgrave, so I can sort of flip 
between like a flitty butterfly. So I'm not doing, you know, the same model by It's effectively painting 60 character models because yeah. there's nothing, there's no model that is the same. Uh, and then my other two are, I'm going to carry on with the, if I buy it in 2016, then I have to, and it's delivered, then I have to paint it. I have mm-hmm. to, uh, you know, clean it, build it and undercoat it so it could sit in a cabinet and be played with. No having stuff sitting in boxes. And um, the final one is to do some role-playing. Because I miss doing role-playing. But that's already in hand as well, so... Well, kind of. Stupid, ridiculous, complicated, bloody, forbidden, grounds, technical shite. Before we started recording, Matt's been struggling for the past hour with um, Fantasy Grounds which is this piece of software that we're going to use to play Dungeons & Dragons. And the reason that he's struggling is because he's got a fancy-dancy Mac. And <laughs> it's a Windows program, and so he's had to install emulators and things, and he's been going, grrrr, about well, it. Well, it's all very complicated. I don't like it. I just click on a button and things to work. It's quite amusing seeing... Uh Something like that happened when everything comes out. When you're talking about tablets, everything pretty much comes out for uh, the uh, the Apple tablets mm. first of all before our Android. So having an Android phone, it's quite funny hearing it from a an Apple user. No, it's not funny. It's freaking annoying. These <laughs> <laughs> things very complicated when they shouldn't have to be. I funny. found it very easy to install it on my Mac. <laughs> Because I didn't. I have, yeah. parale- I have parallels on my Mac, and so therefore just installed it in the Windows partition. <laughs> ha! Blah, 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 blah. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> so, what are your chaps' resolutions? I've only got one. Oh, go on then. I'm going to paint 366 miniatures during the year. Symbols. So there's 366 days. So it's an average of one per day. Easy. No need to make a fuss about this whole thing, is there? That's a hell of a lot of figures, mate. Oh, yeah. yeah you, know, you know you said about, like, you did really, really appallingly last year? Yeah. What's your point? He's going for the two years in a row. <laughs> no, I'm going to do this this year. Well, if you do, Matt, it is a uh, it's huge amount of kudos to you. To well, let's it. just let's just set the ground rules, okay? So, bear in mind, I've got three epic armies on the go. So, I am counting an epic vehicle as a figure, a base of epic troops as one figure. Um, I've got a 15 mil army, which will probably count each 15mm figure will be a figure, because they're bloody samurai and they're a pain in the butt to paint. Um, I've got my 28mm Crusader army I want to do. So that's quite big um, and relatively easy to paint. Um, I've got all the same stuff that Mike's doing, so In a Majesty's Name and Frostgrave and um, Fistful of Kung Fu and all those sort of small crew-type games. I've got some Malifaux stuff to paint, so I'm not short of things. In fairness, I could, I could easily paint 
one figure a day for the next probably three years and still not have to buy anything. But that's the plan. 366 miniatures and 366 days. Yes. So if, I, if I can stop supergluing these bloody hellhounds to my fingers. It's still a lot of figures. Yeah. But I'm currently sitting looking at, what did I say? 30, uh, there's 12, 13, there's another 12, so that's 25, 26, 30. I've got 40 vehicles in various stages of painting and construction. Um, sat in yeah, front, uh, yeah so. I mean, I suppose we should point, it is a fair point that some things have already got paint on. It's, but yeah, finishing, it's completion. But finishing them off counts as. Yeah. No, it's the yeah. same as, you know. My stuff. Some of my stuff's got paint on already. So, yeah, but, but the same rule applies as for you. You know, it's based, varnished, and completed is what counts. Um, but nothing that is, nothing that is currently, you know, just needing varnishing will count. Everything has still got at least a couple of colours or the basing or something to be done on it to to count towards my three hundred and sixty six. But I'm I'm supremely confident that I will do it. Well, I'm sure you will as well. Mainly because your OCD won't let you not do it. Well, it's, it's a simple one that doesn't involve me actually having to win any games as well, because you know. That was as your for those, downfall last year. Yep. For those that know me or have listened to me drivel on on these things before, is I'm not particularly good at actually winning stuff. As apart, a rule, apart from doubles. Well, you know, that's... I tend to play best when I've got a handicap. Increases so you'd have thought you'd win all the time, then. No, I don't play with you all the time, though, and you are my little handicap. Well, most people would argue that you're your own handicap. Well, maybe. <laughs> Including your significant other and your children. Yeah, but they're all biased. And they're wrong. Oh, that was the other great thing that happened over Christmas, though. Oh, yes. Matt's daughter and my daughter became best buddies. Whoa. Yeah, that turned out nice. <laughs> Absolutely brilliant. <laughs> yes, I did mention this to, to Claire. I said, oh, it's turned out really well because Emily and Tilly have got on really well, which means Mike can come around on the weekends and play. And she kind of went, yeah, the weekends are when you're supposed to actually spend quality time with your kids. I said, yeah, but I can play games with Mike as well. <laughs> She looked at me disapprovingly, which is, in fairness, nothing unusual. No. So, so Matt came, Matt came round over the holidays and um, had his children with him. And uh, my my daughter Emily and Matt's daughter Tilly just disappeared, and we didn't see them really for the rest of the day. No. Nope. And then I went over to Matt's last week um, and took Emily with me. And they just disappeared. And they, they just made a movie all day. Yeah. That's really cool. Weird, weird, trippy movie, though. It was a very weird, trippy movie. Yes. But. They had fun. They had fun. And then we got to just basically hang out and chat all day. Is there an age difference between the two or not? Um, they're about nine months apart because of when their birthdays are, but they're both in the I same year. They're both you. in the same year at school, so yeah. clo- it's close, basically. Oh, close yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, they'd be in the same year at school. Yeah, they're both year sevens, so whatever that means. 
first years. That's right. Add four, stroke five, basically, to the year is the way I remember it. It's all too complicated for me. How the hell am I supposed to clear these bloody things? <laughs> so, yes. Was that, that, was that an open question? No. I... <laughs> Just making my hellhounds to burn all Mike's men. Yes. So. Um, so that was my. What, so, what's your 2016s? Mine. Yeah, go on. I haven't really thought much of it other than what I've put up on the blog. And I feel that Matt doing what he's doing is really good. And what you're doing, Mike, is really good as well. And I kind of think that I want to go somewhere in between. And I've put a very vague closing paragraph on the uh, review of 2015. Um, I think it's going to involve paint. Mm. Um, I feel an urge to try and get stuff painted for the games that I play. That is quite a big thing, really, especially as I've taken on some new games. Well, Bolt Action specifically. Um, But also, I think it would be a good thing to actually try and achieve some of the goals that I wanted to achieve in 2015 as well. How about uh, the 2014 ones that you didn't achieve and that you carried I... on to 2015 and still didn't achieve? Well, yeah, that's, that's good, though. That uh, shows that I still want to do <laughs> Well, I was going to mock you, Conrad, and say, well, perhaps I should read your blog, but I did, annoyingly. And actually, what you raised was a really good point that I think is a similar conclusion that, in a roundabout way that I've come to, and I guess to a degree it's in line with what Mike is doing with his, in the fact that we've both, or all of us, have at some point been competition gamers. Not com- not necessarily competitive, but we like to go to tourneys, we like to go to co- kind of events and, and play against new people. And sometimes that leads you to having a slightly different mindset to your gaming, because you're looking for new combinations of figures, new synergies... And sometimes, you know, there's a new rule set that you're trying to learn. And I think the point you raised of kind of the spectacle of wanting to play nice-looking games with nice, nicely painted figures is probably more what I'm about this year than think... worrying about winning or worrying about kind of going to any competitive events or anything like that. I just want to play nice-looking games. Yeah, I, th- I, I found myself in the last sort of well, most of last year, leaning more and more towards just trying to enjoy my gaming more than anything mm. else, you know. And yes, you can do it at a competitive level as well, but it isn't the be-all and end-all. Uh, I don't want to be... I don't want to get lost in the stats, stat lines of things, and, you know, what's best against this and what's best against yeah. that, or how to do it. Obsessing about the meta and yeah. all that kind of thing. I, I want to play a game, I, 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 and I... I find myself ref- referring back to when I was a, a young lad. Um, Blimey, can you remember that far back? That's right. That's when dinosaurs were about. Uh, but wanting to feel that excitement of seeing the spectacle of a game and even just standing back for a, a minute or two, looking at the table and going, ah, oh, you know, I'm, I'm there, I can feel it. 
you're making the noise, the stupid noises for whatever is on the table, whether it be explosive, explosions, comms, or vehicles moving around the board. But I, I just want to feel that and that feel that mm. excitement, and that's where the excitement of the gaming has. That's what gets me going, big time at the moment. You know, whether it be mass combat, skirmish, or, or whatever. Um, and I think some of that is linked to the, the type of game and the genre of game that I'm playing as well. Mm. Um, I would not have thought that I would have gone away and I'm going to go back to my Relic Knight stuff um, and paint and that it. stuff. All right. and, and paint it and enjoy playing the game as much as I did. Um, and then go on to another faction. And I haven't painted it yet, but uh, still carry on enjoying it. And... Mm enjoying the game sort of thing, you know. Um, later on in the year, I, I got back into World War II Wargaming, and World War II Wargaming for me um, is... Crap. Mike, I thought you'd gone to sleep then, Mike. Yeah. <laughs> well, you're talking about World War II Gaming, so I'm not surprised I haven't. It's... Crap. The, the scenery, the setting, you know, the buildings, the bocage, the roads, yeah. the, the fields, all that... And, is is what it's about for me, yeah. uh, and even dare I say it, putting the wisps of smoke up as vehicles are blown <laughs> to smithereens. Yes, yeah, so I'm I'm quite excited about doing some historical gaming this year because I haven't, you know, I st- without going back into ancient history, I started with fantasy and a bit of sci-fi, and then spent probably the majority of my gaming years. As playing a lot of historical war gaming, and then, and then he met me and I saved uh, him. And then I kind of moved away from that for various reasons. Some good, some martial. Um, but actually, you know, it's it's a big, it's something I enjoy, and not necessarily World War Two. Although I am quite excited by Iron Cross and and looking to play some of that because it seems to pitch at exactly the kind of level I like my World War Two at. But looking at the Crusaders stuff, both sort of saga flavoured um, but also with the the rule set that I picked up to play slightly more mass combat size, size stuff as well you know a 6 before table with 28mm mass combat army on is kind of what the aspiration always was and you know I, I guess that's reflective of the guys that have played a lot of Warhammer Ancients or even Warhammer Fantasy Battle proper big mass battle type games and I've, I can't remember the last time I played one Warhammer Ancients. Hmm. Come on, wasn't your name in the rulebook for Warhammer Ancients? Uh, my name was in the rulebook, and it was also in the supplement for Warhammer Ancients, the first supplement, spelt incorrectly. Uh, and I had an errata published, or they had an errata published, and one of the pieces, one of the sentences in the errata was to correct my surname. It was. Conrad E.J. Gusalvis. <laughs> I was in that book as well, I'm sure. You were, you were. Oh, name dropper. Matt, Boom, bang, bang. No! <laughs> I've, the the version I've got, Matt, has got your name in it. Yeah, because it was Matt's work that you took. He's got, this belongs to Matt, written in it. You can only read it under ultraviolet lights, though, so I'm not sure what ink has been used or fluid has been used. Yeah. Man ink. <laughs> <sighs> Uh, 
So yes, I, kind of, I, kind of, you don't <laughs> know, roughly, you've, you haven't got an idea, really. I think some of that is down to the fact that I haven't really done any hobby for the last sort of month, two months, um, of any real sort of anything meaty sort of thing, you know, whether it was building a crew or painting some figures. I, I haven't picked up a paintbrush since painting for the UK Nationals. Uh, and the only two figures I've constructed in since that time has been Keris and Jacques, uh, Fisherman, Gilman, Gilball player, Jacques. And that's it. So, yes, haven't done a lot. I need to certainly get my hobby mojo back in gear. I, I, especially as I have interests in sorting out my Imperial Guard to try and get them on the table. For Epic, that is. Mm. Yes, I think that's kind of going to be my game of the year that I'm going to concentrate on mostly this year will be Epic. Try and get those three armies done and, and, and maybe think about adding that fourth one. Well, I say three armies, it's already four because there'll be two flavours of Imperial Guard, but... Oh, okay, I don't think... If we, can, if we count it like that, I don't feel so bad. <laughs> because I can do small ones if you know if it's if it's uh, um different flavors of orcs well yeah but it won't necessarily be small ones i mean I, i'm looking at 5000 points of um the tank based army and 5000 points of death core of krieg so there'll be a good couple of chunks of bits there but I've got a hankering to do some marines. Right. But that's because I've started reading the Forge World Imperial Armour books, which are now all out of date for the current version of 40k, but some of them provide some great background and fluff and flavour for the sort of 40k universe. So, um, I was reading the Badab Wars ones, which I think are number 9 and 10. Which are right. kind of almost a, a mini a mini heresy of a, a couple of chapters of Marines that want to step away, almost pre turning to chaos because okay. they view the the tithe system, the taxation system, uh, as being unfair. So it's it kind of mirrors the American War of Independence to a degree, but then that's history, and you'll find that terribly boring. No, I like history. I just don't like World War Two. Oh, okay. I play I play historicals, hence my name being in the Warhammer Ancients books. Oh, I just thought that was because you were sucking off whoever it, Rob Bream or Gav Thorpe or one of your weird little gamey friends. Not bitter. <laughs> Not at all. No. But um, no, I like I like ancients. I like everything. I like everything up to about um, end of the Hundred Year War. Yeah. So black. Once you start. Playing with gunpowder and black powder, then it... yeah, as as personal weapons, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not that's when it it's not my sort of thing. Yeah, well, strange as a, as a beardy war gamer, I've never really got into the Napoleonics, which is kind of the holy grail for most 
historical gamers. Yeah. Was ne- never my bag. Napoleonics. Mm. Yeah, I've never. I, thought, I suppose the nearest I got to that was playing Flintlock. Flintlock and uh, their mass combat version of the game, which Slaughterloo it was called. Yeah, yeah. Uh, both of which were very good, actually. Weirdly, um, I was thinking about those the other day because I was thinking we've known each other twenty years. That was one of the first things that we talked about. What the, in terms of like the the comparisons? Yeah, and yeah, the figures and things because I'd not seen those figures before. So, um... aren't they going through a bit of a revival at the moment? Creative, creative armies was it? They who used to make that? I don't know. There was something I saw come across a. Interwebs the other day about it. I'm sure there was a Kickstarter. Alternative Armies was Alternative the Alternative Armies, that's it. Yeah. yeah. Are they still going as he. Yeah. Yeah, I know they are. Yeah. They had a, a sci fi game as well, which whose name escapes me as well. Yeah. Uh, they're still going, yes. Yeah, they are. They haven't, they, aged, they haven't aged well, a lot of their sculpts, because they're still the same ones from kind of the mid to late 80s. Oh, well, they did this whole mythic thing as well, with Erin and Celtic myth and Greek myth as well, which mm. were never really... That was much, much later. But yeah, I used to enjoy the Slaughterloo. The, the Slaughterloo was a good game system, actually. It had a nice um, command system to it, uh, with cards and things. It allowed you... To feel the game and enjoy mm. the spectacle of the game again. Yeah, as well. I, I mean, I never played it, but we talked about it quite a lot back in back yeah. in there. But my big um, ancients or historical game at the moment is um, War Conquest. Conquest. Yes, and uh, at the moment sa- it's on sale. What off Scarab? No, off of um, uh, North Star Miniatures. Ooh, because uh, my my friend Dave Toon and Rob Broom are working, and the community are working to essentially clean up an official l- uh, make the lists that have been available on the forums for such a long time um, a lot more official, as it were. Mm. About bloody time! So yeah. that should make the game more accessible because I think the rule set is very good. It is a very good rule set. Yeah, I, mean, I had a flick through it when I was over at Mike's. I thought, that seems quite simple and straightforward, if you like, the next evolution that Warhammer Ancients would have taken. Mm-hmm. Um, but the whole lack of sanctioned army lists, for the want of a better term, kind of maybe... I've, I've been around long enough to know that things that are community-based or fan-based are not always the best balance, because people don't always have the integrity to acknowledge the shortcomings of their armies as much as their strengths. So you can see some unbalanced armies because people want the, the Uber army because it's the one they've been playing with for years. Yeah. So there is perennially balance issues with kind of those fan-based or community-based army list processes. In my experience, I mean, that may be wrong in War and Conquest. I've not really looked into that particularly. 
No, I, I totally agree. I think I just think that is something that is that can be easily led, as it were, by mm. the people or the group of people sort of doing it. But um, these Dave originally did a set of lists um, which covered the classical um, period and also mm-hmm. the dark dark ages. And a lot of people have been using those lists. I've used those lists as well, uh, and they're better than the 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 original. Sorry, they're different. Is rather than better because I'm not going to uh, put down any of the work that um, Scarab have done, or all the rest of the community have done to, to put the lists out that that were there already. And, you know, and I've used those lists as well to play games with. Um, but there seem to be things that needed to be changed or tweaked. So. Mm. Uh, it looks as though that's happening. And I would expect a, a an approved set of official lists where these two, where Dave's lists um, and the Scarab list come together, essentially. Yeah. I think, that you're, I think you're right. That will make it all much more accessible to people because, I, I mean, if, if I've got that level of scepticism and I'm relatively open to those kind of things, others... You know, will will be of a similar bent that are perhaps a bit more closet minded. They want everything yeah. laid out for them. So I think my goals, in in summary, are going to be uh, a work in progress. Okay. But I will try definitely to put something down. I think I might go for quarter based goals in some way, shape, or form. Because you're sort of leaning towards games of the month, and I can very much see myself doing that at the moment games of the month because that's yeah. the way the gaming seems to go at the moment yeah, yeah. is that going to be the actual sound effect for game of the month then or I could use game of the month that was just a little bit scary month of the game it is <laughs> that's stupid Game of the month, master. Just stop. Bitty, 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 what's up, Buck? What is the matter with you people? <laughs> it's you. We, you've drunk us down to your level. Yeah, you no, said... Uh, we'd be talking about willies and boobies if I'd have dragged you down to my level. <laughs> Holly Willy Booby? Yes. Now, Conrad will get all excited again because he likes Holly Willy Booby. Uh, well, not me. If only a man of his age and... <laughs> Commodionly demeanour can't afford to be picky. That's with my spectacles on as well. Mm. Your spectacles? <laughs> as opposed to my monocle. Oh, I thought you were going to say as opposed to your speculum. <laughs> <laughs> Have I still got one of them? I don't know, mate. I don't know. I use this comfortably. I am having to move about a bit. Mm. So what's going to be game of the month this month, Mike? Um, well, are we going to explain what game of the month is? No, because yes. I'm not interested in it. Well, no, because you're down south. What are you guys going to do for game of the month? Then? So basically, Matt and I play two or three times a month. Um, normally, often on a Wednesday night, and we need a bit more structure in our what we're going to play, otherwise 
it degenerates into, I don't know, I just picked up a bag full of stuff, let's see what I've got. Mm. Or alternatively, what did we buy last month? Yeah. So, we're gonna have, we're gonna, we are gonna play Game of the Month. We're gonna try and be slightly more structured in our gaming. Um, and game, and we actually have Games of the Month planned for this month, and we know what next month is going to be as well. We, we do. So, Game of the Month this month is finally <laughs> going to be In Her Majesty's Name. Which is a... It's one of the Osprey rule sets. Um, so, you know, it's a tenor for the rules. Mm-hmm. And it's it's sort of a 20-model steampunky type game where you have... Um, Heroes and assistants, and then Troops. grunts for what, yeah. for lack of a better word. And that's what, and that's what we're going to play. So, there's because a whole we've been talking about it for at a least year. a year. Yeah. Um, but uh, but that is this is this is what we are going to play. We have. Um, I am playing uh, Doctor Eric Lang who is a uh, Prussian scientist who has become disillusioned with the Prussian Empire and has fled to London to continue his research into um, robots. So it's basically him, his um, assistant, uh, a couple of mechanics, and then lots of machines. Yeah. All sounds very sinister. Yeah, yeah, well, yes and no. I mean, you know, it's a war game, so we're, they're going to be fighting, but... Yeah. Um, and I shall sounds, be... Sounds like it's the, it's, the, it's the first forays into some sort of sexual doll industry. <laughs> well, the robots do look like Maria from uh, Metropolis. Sound of music? No, Metropolis. No. Yeah. <laughs> And I shall be taking the thousand Ronin into the steamy streets, fighting for the ongoing Bushido Code or some such shenanigans, just because I've got loads of Japanese and samurai-type models. Is that like um, the Highway Code, but different? Yeah, it's look left, look right, chop someone's head off with a katana. And uh, why have you gone for the many Ronin as opposed to the two Ronins? Is that because one of them's gone now? Yeah, because I wanted five candles. And that's good night from him. (laughs) (laughs) It just gives me an excuse to paint up some of my Japanese-type things. Um, I've got some nice character models amongst them, as well as some good sort of rank-and-file grunts. When you say your oriental Japanese-type things, that's like... At least over half of your figure collection that's... There is quite a chunk of them, in fairness, because they will also form the basis of my Frostgrave warbands um, and my Ogam stuff. Um, so they will... A good multi-purpose crew, army, big bunch of figures. So there, there's something that's interesting as well, is the, is the fact that the game systems or the, 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 the sort of figures and crew that you're getting together will allow you to 
facilitate the playing of other games which may or may not feature in Game of the Month. Indeed. That's rather clever, you know. Yeah, it doesn't apply so much for me. No. But then that's because I'm cleverer. That is true. I am but a buffoon. Mm-hmm. Um, that being said, I do, in theory, my steampunk um, sumo type oh. stuff arrived yet, which is rather annoying. So I'll have to chase those up. I'm actually doing some hobby, would you believe? Excellent. I've done some. I'm waiting for my hellhounds to dry out and so they don't stick to me anymore. Well, I've um, found that I had another Discworld miniature and I'm thinking that perhaps I might use him as my apprentice instead of Rincewind. No! Okay. Well, who's the other one that you found then? The Bursa. Mm. It's, a, it's a very co- it's a, it's a cool it's a cooler figure. Yeah, I've glued him onto a base because originally I was going to use Ponder Stibbons. Yeah, I was just say you were going to use Ponder, weren't but you? But he's a he's a pretty boring figure. Mm. But the Bursa is suitably men- mental, basically, and the Rincewind figure is nice, but he's a bit boring. Mm. So I may switch to using the Bursa. Yeah, that'd be cool. Um, I shall decide tomorrow. I shall undercoat. I've, I've glued him down, so I shall undercoat him tomorrow and then see what I think. I'm mm. repairing Taylor's ponytail, which because I actually used the Vix yesterday in a Malifaux game. Wow! That's Did you win? Change. Uh, we only got three turns in because it was a sort of learning game for a fellow club member. And it was you. It, yeah, as, but I was on the up. But anyway, Excellent. carry on. So with anyway, so yeah, so game of the month. So this month we are going to play in Her Majesty's name. Um, at least have to get at least one game in of game yeah. of the month. So we are going to play in Her Majesty's name. I have all my all the figures that I need are based. My task tomorrow will be to write up my. Um, Company. That's because in, in Her Majesty's name, your gang is called a company. Yeah. And we're sort of there are rules for designing your own, um, but we're sort of uh, mixing and matching from various official air quotes um, companies. Yeah. Well, actually, I'm just, I'm just going to run straight with the thousand running out of the book. I've decided. Yeah. Which is out of the second supplement. Yes. Sleeping tiger. Crouching Dragon or whatever it Yeah, was most of my stuff is coming from the Gothic supplement, which is available online. Yeah. Um, but that's what, we're going to, that's what we're going to do. That is Game of the Month for this month, is that we'll get a game in and we'll talk about how it plays and stuff. And then Game of the Month for next month, which we already know, yeah. is going to be Dragon Rampant. Which we're playing at 15 mil. We are playing at 15 mil. Though we could play it at 28 mil as well. I've had a bit of an accident. Yeah. You've had a bit of an accident. What have you yeah. done? Uh, the pin vice nearly stabbed me, and Taylor's hair is in the place where Jan Lowe's beard is at the moment. <laughs> Never to be seen again. So I may be Swearing. scrabbling around on my hands and feet trying to find. Hands and feet? Hands and feet? Wait, oh, yeah, that, that's. You'll really hurt your back if you do that. 
Oh, I don't believe it. I'm not sculpting a ponytail. She's going to have a short haircut if she, uh, if I can't find this. Anyway, carry on. Dragon Rampant. Yes. Enough of, oh, I found it. Hey. Huzzah. Phew. I'll go um, back to mute now. So, yeah, <laughs> so Dragon, Dragon Rampant, which we're going to play at 15 mil. Um, is a fancy version of um, Lion, Lion, Lion Rampant. Which is another Osprey book. Yes. There's a theme here. There's a theme. Yes, Osprey published some really good rule sets yeah. at Os- really cheap prices. Um, so Dragon Rampant is a tenor for the complete game. It only came out uh, a few weeks ago. 20th of December, I think, was the release date. Yeah. And it looks a lot of fun. And it is, as you say, Conrad, it's another one of these games where, you know, there may well be figures that you can already use. Um, yeah, it seems got, it's certainly a, a trend. Army, then... You'll be able to use it. Well, the other and thing so... is, you can, you can drop to a small scale like you guys have done, and it, it's, it's less of a spend to... to uh, to outlay initially to sort of give it a go and if you really want to be uh, not spend any money you can always use bits of cardboard to give it a go oh, sort yeah. of thing because yeah, it's because element based essentially isn't it it, yeah. is, it is element based it's um, it's the army construction is slightly more complicated than um, in Lion Rampant because in Lion Rampant it's basically the, it's a very similar system to Saga in that you get you know, X cavalry or um, Y infantry for a certain number of army points. In Dragon Rampant, the, there is still army points, and you're, the default game is you play 24 army points. But each unit has a, has a strength point value, which is effectively the amount of damage it can take before it's um, removed from the table. Sounds very much like Kings of War to a certain extent. Yeah. Uh, it's um, has it's basically it's twelve or it's six um, strength points. But I like these systems because there's none of this. Fid- well, it's not fiddly. It's what we were used to when we used to play like um, fancy battle or something like that into old days. Um, but it maintains the spectacle on the battlefield as well, doesn't it? Well. No, because in this game you remove figures. Oh, you do. Yes. If you so, if you think if, if you're playing, say you're playing at twenty-eight millimeter, okay, and you've got a unit of you know standard foot troops. So that's basically twelve models. Um, the formation that you, the formation that you deploy them in doesn't matter. Right. Um, because there are no flanks or rears in the game. <laughs> so poo then. So and. The recommendation is: is you remove as the strength points of the unit are diminished, you remove models effectively as wound counters. Now, obviously, you don't have to do that. You could have a wound wound markers by them, or whatever. But I, I quite like the, the removal. You, well, I quite like that units get smaller. Now, what I didn't like in Fancy Battle was that because I'm playing with 50-man units, if the unit gets wiped out, you take them all off the board. You have to rebuild the unit. Um, yes. Yeah, yeah. You know, my biggest, my biggest unit in um, Dragon Rampant 
Um, because we're playing at 15 mil, we've sort of done little element basing. So um, each of my bases represents two strength points. So my big barbarian units, because I'm playing barbarians, will get whittled away, but the most I've got to put back together is six bases. You see what I'm saying? No, absolutely, yeah. And I, uh, the few games I've had of Kings of War, um, I take the, the whole unit off. Yeah. So from from a, you can remember those old days of fantasy as you you were referring to, where you you have to get everything out and then reassemble it in its movement yeah. trays and then put it in. My my carrying cases were deep ones with where you had to sort of lift the whole unit in yeah. on the rather than the old GW cases with the eggshell foam sort of stuff. So once it's off, it's it's off and back in the case, so I don't, and I don't have to do anything and you can create units with unit fillers as well to a certain extent yeah i mean i've got so my my cavalry for example um a, a, a cavalry unit generally has six strength points so i have three bases of cavalry to make up my unit but i have four because we're playing at 15 mil i have four horses per base and we've we've gone because depth of base doesn't matter um we've gone for 60 by 40 bases and so you get four cavalry. You get four cavalry. They look really. They look really good. It looks like a mass of cavalry. But if as they get whittled down, I'll remove a base. But I'm maximum. I have to put back together is three bases. Even though it's a, it's you know twelve models because they're in the element stuff. So um, I think it's going to work pretty well. I'm looking for. I'm looking forward to giving it a try. Um, I've built all of my. I've built all of my army. Um, and I need to I need to sand all the bases because just do it old school. But mm. um, and fifty mils are quite interesting because it it doesn't cost a lot to get an army together. Um, you know, figures are at fifteen mil or fifty to sixty p a model, and you could play you could play Dragon Rampant certainly. With individually based 15 mil models, and you put them on like a, you know, if you had 15 mil circle bases, you could make a little movement tray for them. So you could, for six, seven pounds, you could get a unit which is four to six army points, and you only yeah. need 24 army points. So you could do four unit. The the game basically plays between four and ten units. You can't have more than ten units, and you can't have less than four. Your general, who is normally a single figure. Though at 15 mil you sort of make up a command stand almost, um, that's six points right there. So you don't need a lot of models. So I reckon if you were doing something like the barbarians, you could do the whole game for 30 quid. Yeah. If that, depending on how you chose to base it. Now Matt and I, because we I had all the barbarians and Matt's got loads of samurai, we're going for a slightly more denser element basing. Because it, it's back to the visual spectacle thing. It makes it look better from a visual point of view if you have these big units. So mm. my my big barbarian units, which are four army points, because they're, they're what's called bellicose foot, which is basically mm. they've got no armor, and they they just charge forward going, Rah! Yeah, um, grumpy buggers. There's what, so there's six bases. So there's 24, I've got 24 models in it because I've got four models per base and six bases. Um, so that's two bags of 
models. And it's just really to give the visual thing, but you could play it, you know, with half that number of models. And it yes, still you could be play it as, a, as a, in effect, almost like a saga-type skirmish where, you know, you, your 12 army points are 12 individual figures. Yeah, and it, and it would play exactly the same. Um, the, game, the game doesn't matter. I mean, the other thing that we're doing is because of the element basing we've gone for is that we can also play exactly the same element basing in Impetus if we wanted to do historical-based um, gaming yeah. using a different set of rules, their crossover comes in is they're based up in exactly the same way. Yeah. So they would just cross over. Unfortunately, that lot doesn't fall into my painting, into this year's painting, or have to be done painting. Because so. you've had them for longer. I've had them for longer, and we haven't played any games of it yet, so... I'm set. Though it would be nice if I got around to doing them as well. Yeah. Which, of course, there's every chance we will. Yeah. But yeah, so that's game of the month. So that's our next. That's the next thing. So, um, hopefully, by the next time we record, we'll have actually played some uh, in Her Majesty's name, and we can talk about how it actually plays. Yeah. Um, because it's been a theoretical exercise thus far. Yes. We haven't actually put it on the tabletop and rolled any dice. Um, which, in Matt's case, is just as well. <laughs> yeah. See, I'm looking forward to a new game for me to suck at. It's all right. You don't suck at Frostgrave. You just Ooh, roll really, really badly. Yeah. That didn't go particularly well for me. It didn't. It's not helped by the fact that I roll lots of 20s. How many 20s are on your dice? Well, there's only one, because if you give Matt the dice, it rolls ones. Yeah. <laughs> Just ones. <laughs> you know, you know it's, not, it's not like, oh, he's using another weighted dice or something. No, I could give Matt the dice, and it just rolls really badly. Yeah. Likewise, Dwayne as well. Yeah. yeah. He's a purveyor of bad rolls. And it just worked well for me, so... So I think my my wizard is up to level six or seven in our Frostgrave campaign. Because that's the other thing that we're doing. Is we're playing a Frostgrave campaign. Yes, the whatever it is of the Hoosier Flip. Leash Lords campaign. Yeah. And we've got four of us who are playing the campaign. So um we're on to our we're on to our third round of games. So Are you actually playing through the campaign? We're as actually well? playing through the campaign, yeah. Yeah, um, me... I have not bought it. I, I thought I would. I've bought the rule book. Um, I need to. I have got some input in or interest from various people in the club. Um, at some point, it will happen this year, and we'll see where it goes. And then, if it if it takes off, I'll look at the campaign book as well. So to. Uh, the thing with the thing with Frostgrave, mm-hmm. it's fun in one-off games, but really one-off games are just teaching you the rules mechanics, and the rules mechanics are relatively simple. Yeah. Where it where it really shines is playing is playing a campaign where your wizard band progresses from game to game. So it's probably a good thing. 
probably a good thing to do is to look at the uh, campaign then. Well, there's a campaign in the main rulebook. As well? Yes, there's a, you can play through the links, the scenarios in the rulebook. But I, I would... I would recommend that you that you go into it with the idea that you are going to play a linked series of games. I mean, it, you know, you can yeah. play the different scenarios and the mere act of playing the game, if you keep track of the experience and you improve your war band, that's what makes it really fun. Okay. Playing, playing one-off games, all it's going to do is teach you the mechanics of playing the actual game. And the mechanics of playing the actual game are you roll a d20, your opponent rolls a d20. If you get higher than your opponent, then you do nasty things to him. Yeah. <laughs> that really is the, the rule mechanic. Um, and then the, the other thing on it is we play, with, we play with the house... We, well, we play with the optional rules from the book because there are some optional rules around um, critical hits and things which we play. And um, the other thing, the, the other thing that we do is um, we have escalating likelihood of wandering monsters coming on. Because yes, because we like to play with you know random things. Um, by default, there's a one in four chance of a wandering monster coming on. Um, we increase that chance the more treasure that gets picked up. As long as it doesn't get uh, Warhammer Questy like, where you you know essentially it becomes a rave of wandering monsters in the in a corridor, uh, then it's probably going to be fine, isn't it? Yeah, I mean we certainly haven't had any issues in any of our games. No, nope. apart from Matt losing. Yeah, well that's part of the course. Shut up. We haven't rolled any really cool monsters, though. No, not yet. We've got lots of fairly Dogs average and stuff. skeletons and stuff. We haven't had any frost giants, which is a shame because I've got a really good frost giant figure. Um, I might just use him in Ogham. <laughs> yeah. Because he is a really, really cool figure. Yeah. He's one of those um, bendy plastic D&D models. You can get him for like six quid on eBay. Mm. He's, he's huge. Um, he's ten, twelve centimeters tall, um, and he looks brilliant. Obviously, you know he's pre-painted, but you can do, obviously do a repaint because they take paint really well. Um, but he's a really, really cool figure. Like him a lot. But yeah, no Frostgrave, highly recommended. It's a lot of fun. Yes, I concur. It's certainly probably my favourite game that we picked up in 2015. I would, I would agree. I think it's my game of 2015. Or maybe not, actually. That's an interesting subject as well, isn't it? Game of 2015. You see, actually, I don't think it is. Oh, okay. No, I, no the subject is interesting. I don't think that Frostgrave is my game of 2015. <laughs> Of my in my game of 2015, though, I think Ogham is my game of 2015. Oh yeah, I've not had one bad game of Ogham. 
Oh, that's that's a difficult one to call between those two. I've really enjoyed every. I mean, and we played. We've certainly played a lot more games of Ogden than we have of um, Frostgrave. Yeah. But I really like Ogden. There's things that I would change in it if I was, you know, if Andrea ever listened to this. There are things that I would change in Ogham V2 um, to make the mortals slightly more important rather than just being prayer batteries, um, which is what they end up being. Yeah. All of my mortal units will pray. But is there something that you could do from a house rule point of view? Yeah, there, there is. We, we experimented with a couple of things. Um, I think the easiest one is just to say that one or more units praying just contribute one dice to your god because it makes a yeah. makes your god less powerful, um, which is a good <clears> thing because the gods can be, and you know maybe they're supposed to be they are, well they are supposed to be the dominant force because they are your yeah. personification on the battlefield, um, but keeping them to four dice rather than five or six five dice is actually a big difference, and it means that the mortals have to do something. Yeah. Um, and playing some of the scenario, you know, expanding out the scenarios so that only mortal units can do certain things could be useful. I, I am unsure of my game of 2015 because it's very, very hard to distinguish between what is flavour of the moment for me and everything else that I've played in 2015. Yeah. I think it would probably be, for me, it would probably be Relic Knights. Because I really played like an awful, I yeah. played an awful lot of it. Yeah, there are there are. I mean, this has all been said before. There are things that are that are wrong with the game, which m- I hear will be rectified in one five, um, the void or whatever it's called, um, this year sometime. But uh, I have been disappointed in Ninja as well. Ninja Division. As I say, calling it the void is that not just like the Kickstarter all over again? Did your oh, money not disappear into the that, void sometimes? That's, that's harsh, but fair as well. Um, I, I am concerned about it, and I voiced my opinion on the Facebook UK Facebook group because I know a lot of the guys on the UK Facebook group. But there was that big an, uh, announcement last year about how they would start releasing stuff in September f- from the current book. And you'd start seeing some new models, um, yada, yada, yada. And then they did the big thing about uh, the new book coming as well. Yep, that was um, a big press release thing. And we we haven't seen as much, well, I haven't seen as much of what they said they were going to do happen. So I managed to pick up a kick. Well, actually, Joel very nicely managed to pick up a uh, one of the new figures from a new release figure, but it's from the original book. Uh, done in the new. Oh, excuse me. Bless you, Codebreaker. Uh, I've subsequently passed that on to a friend of mine, Paul Scott, who because um, I, I I made it and played with it, experienced the new resin that they're using. Um, wasn't happy with the play style, so um, gave it to Paul. 
um, and he's painted it up very nicely. But I've not seen those. I mean, that figure's not been released as far as I know yet in the UK. There are still gaps in in the release schedule. Um, sorry, still gaps in the figure range from the original book, um, and I've not seen anything that suggests that that's going to change. Uh, there has been a lot of uh, focus on their Kickstarter, though. With the um, Super Dungeon Kickstarter, I think it was, wasn't it? Back in November. Yeah. Um, but no. I'm still... Ex- and they, and that, I think they had Ninja All-Stars as well, didn't they, at some point? Um, but no, not seen anything about it, so I'm... I kind of voiced that... F- not sadness. It was. It was. It was sadness, and it was also the fact that they'd said that they were going to do this. They hadn't done what they said they were going to do. And from again, we've talked about this on forums and other casts as well about the fact that a product is is only as good as its you know as its support. Uh, and if your the manufacturer is essentially, it appears that it it doesn't seem that interested in the game by its lack of release or lack of focus of resource to releasing stuff, then you kind of lose a little bit of interest in the game. Absolutely. Uh, But I did play a lot of Relic Knights with both Black Diamonds and then towards the latter end of the year with my Cersei Speed Circuit. Uh, Still love the game. Um... It's a very, very different gaming experience to anything that I've ever had. I do like the figures. Yes, they're hit and miss, but, you know, what figure range isn't? Um, and I enjoyed the game. Pretty much that, that's it. So um, that's probably been the game of the month. But then the last quarter of the last year has been focused on World War Two and Epic, really. So really got a big kick out of playing with that but Relic Knights definitely was probably the, the game of my game for 2015 that's cool what was your biggest disappointment um to a certain extent, extent Wrath of Kings not because of the game system um probably because of the fact that again we're, we're in this situation where it's a kick-started game release uh, what's coming next you know one thing that we've, we've talked about Guildball and the success of Guildball one thing that the Guildball, the Steamforge guys do really really well is they keep the froth coming for the people mm. the, the frothers who want it you know so they are permanently on social media, whether it be retweeting a picture of somebody's Guildball team or a figure or an event. They're constantly sort of updating you on stuff that's happening via their Kickstarter feed still. They use that as a, a way of um, communicating with you on new releases as well. You know, they've got a Wave 2 coming out, which is due, in salute this, due out for Salute this year. Uh, rumours are that there's going to be a campaign system for the game as well Uh, and they've continued to pimp it and they've continued to grow it they're looking at supporting events around the world you know they've got they've they've made this big announcement at Christmas about the 
the sort of world championship type things or in-country championships. Um, but you feel that they are invested in the product and therefore you, they are invested in you. Wrath of Kings, the guys that come on, are releasing new stuff. But do you know what? It looks pretty much the s- variations of the old stuff, you know. Um, I- I'm not excited by it. I'm very meh about it. Um, Wrath of Kings itself, I-, I found was a good game system. but And I'm still going to try and give it a go, give it a couple of run-outs again this year just to... Just to experience it again but I think that was probably my disappointment more from a support point of view because I want to know what's coming out next you know what are they thinking about what are they looking at what are their development thoughts have they recognised there are issues with stuff that's already released all that sort of stuff nothing dev null black hole see I think that that is my biggest gaming disappointment yeah. Mm. Yeah, I think for all the reasons that you've said, you know, the release schedule was terrible. The support for getting the models in this country was absolutely dire, um, and still seems to be dire. Um, but I was so disappointed in the game. Yeah, you had a, a sort of general feeling that. Um, it was it was essentially I can't paraphrase it, but it was essentially that you put something against something, and if it's the right thing, there's nothing you can do about it, sort of thing. Well, it's a dice rolling. It's a dice rolling exercise. That's the problem. Yeah, but a lot of games are. Yes, I'm but a lot of that. a lot of games. You know, it's at least an opposed role. Yes. You know, and I've said I've said this before. In in Wrath of Kings, it's not an opposed role. I roll my dice. You look at your card, and depending on what I've rolled against your card, I either kill you or do and, nothing. And that, that unit's abilities as well, because there's a way of sort of dampening or or yeah. not damp- softening the blow of, of things, you know, or yeah. something else but, happens. But if I roll tens, you're dead. In in many cases, it it will not be good for you. There There were, I remember playing against Nick's Nazir, if they were, where if I rolled a 10 against a particular figure, it was, it wasn't even a, you know, a group of figures, um, you didn't get that overkill thing, you know, that two wounds result. But that was the way that particular unit worked. It had other, other abilities to, to work around that. So, but the problem, the problem, the real problem I had it is, if you fluff your roll and your opponent doesn't, then you, you've done. There's no, there's no second chances. Mm. I mean, every game I played, and I probably played, I'd say, five to ten games. Um, there was a point, certainly the first few games, where I thought this is very War Machine esque in terms of everything comes. There's a clunge in the middle, basically. Mm. Uh, and then stuff starts disappearing. Yeah. Um, I like some of the missions. I like the ideas of this, the sort of I, differing I missions. Know, I, I they that's were good. The thing. I liked. I liked all that. I liked the concepts. Um, I love. I love a lot of the figures. Um. You know. It's a shame. 
it's just I just didn't like the game and the lack of support, you know, was- meant that getting people into it was going to be incredibly difficult. Which is what well, I just find this incredible as well, and it's not. Steamforge are a, a UK company; they're a small company, yeah. Yes. But yet they have the ability to try and become to think with a global mentality. I don't see that happening with a lot of the American companies. Well, they don't need to. No. What? But I mean, that's the thing. What do they? Ca- they don't care. You know. They make a million dollars on a Kickstarter. We know that it doesn't cost them a million dollars to produce all the plastic. They've made, you know, a substantial amount, even after paying all of the Kickstarter fees and things, they've made a substantial amount of money. It doesn't have to do anything more. It's the same as, the Ma- it's the same as Mantic. Yep. You know? It, I was dare a- I say it, it's the same as we saw time and time again with Mongoose, when they picked up a license from someone... There'd be a big splurge, all the stuff would come out, and they'd be like, yeah, we're not doing that anymore. Mm. And, you know, it's just that that initial excitement, whether it's through Kickstarter or a significant license, if you then don't support the game in any form, whether it's, you know, an online present, forums, stuff like that, but more importantly, you can't get the figures and the next wave of stuff past your basic packs out, people are just going to lose interest and move on to something that is either newer, better, or shinier. So, so for the purposes of tabletop games, okay, yeah, Kickstarter's great and everything, but, you know, from a learning process, I, I'm not someone who's going to ne- necessarily invest in things in Kickstarter anymore. I cancelled my only currently running one yesterday. Which was? Uh, the Rumble Slam Wrestling one. Okay, but you not the Route 66 one? No, because that's already been gone through. You can't cancel it now. No, the only one... No, I'm waiting on loads. The only one that I was currently backing was the Rumble Slam Wrestling one. Um, And I I cancelled my pledge to that yesterday. I got Blood Rage last year, and great. Great box, loads of extra figures. But it's going to get... stashed away until I need those figures. Oh, you see, yeah, and, and that's what, S- see, that's what I bought that, what, that one. For. Same with the others, and I, I need to get my head around that, I think, to a certain extent. Um, have I wasted my money? Yes, to a certain extent, but no, from a point of view in that I can use that stuff for other things, but mm-hmm. then, then the, the thing that's inside my head is that, well, I've, got all, I've already got a load of stuff. Why aren't I looking at that? Well, Blood Rage certainly I backed for the other figure for the figures. Mm. Um, the game itself was actually irrelevant to me, and I'm really really happy with the figures. You know, the big gribblies and things are That's perfect brilliant. For, yeah. for what I wanted to use them for. Um, so I was very happy with that. As we've been talking, I've just filled in my pledge manager for the others. Um, I did mine ages ago, and. I forgot all about it over Christmas. <laughs> and the reason I the reason I backed that one is for exactly the same reason that I backed uh, Blood Rage is I wanted is the, for the miniatures because I'll use them in many different other games that I yeah. play. Um, 
and whether I actually play that game or not, again, is irrelevant. Though that one I might because that one's a, it's a fully co-op. Mm. Um, and those are the ones that go down well in the house. You know, we we got zom- we had Zombieside Black Plague out the other day, um, which is a big. It smooths all of the little niggles out with Zombieside. It's very interesting. The little tweaks that they've made um, make it a very interesting game and a different tactical challenge. But we pl- so we played that we played that the other day, which, and it was quite nice as well because they. J- all that's been delivered so far is the base game. So you haven't got all the extras and things, so you're just playing it as you would if you bought it in retail. Um, which also made it an interesting challenge. But Yeah, I mean, that's why I've done those, but no, I'm out of... I've cancelled out of um, Rumble Slam. Um, I was never going to play it, and the figures, to be honest, weren't doing massive anything for me um, there are the odd individual one but at some point I'm sure they'll hit retail and I can just buy them at retail I think the big thing with that was it was wrestling so that was something that will appeal to you anyway yeah no it, it should I mean it's it should be right on my street but but we've both got Luchador and never played it I've played Luchador oh you have okay yeah. Woo. I've played Luchador um, but that's just an interesting little dice game. No, this was... I mean, because the problem... One of my issues with Rumble Slam is that it wasn't wrestling, per se. It was Blood Bowl with wrestlers. Yeah. Yes. Um, and, you know, if I was going to go down that, I would just play Blood Bowl. <laughs> so, for, so you talked about your sort of game of the month type things. I, I'm sort of... what. Well, I'm interested in at the time, time sort of thing. So, uh, from a club perspective, I'll play pretty much anything that I know how to play. But um, I've got a real big kick on Epic um, Iron Cross, which I've had two games of now, and uh, Bolt Action. And Iron Cross is a lovely little rule set from Great Escape Games, um, mm-hmm. and it's allowed me to break, get my Flames of War figures out. Which are painted. Oh, you're playing at 15 mil, are you? We're playing at 15 mil, yep. Um, and really like it, really enjoyed it. Um, and we're back to the eye candy and... <laughs> on the table. Mm. So I can see that happening for a while. I'm probably going to have to play some War Machine because I'm, apparently I'm going to SmogCon at some point this year. How are you? Yeah. That'd be nice for you. I'll get to play Monpok. Yeah, but you can what? play that at DAFCON, Monster Apocalypse. That's oh, true, right. that's true. Is somebody running that? No, but I'm sure there'll be games going on a bit. Oh. But there, there you go. So, yeah. Nothing nothing planned from a... a you're, you're, you two are far too organised this well, year. Well, we have to be. Mm. Otherwise it's just... Otherwise, we have figures and rules that we never actually play, even though we said, "Oh yes, we're going to play that," and that we in the Majesty's actually, name, for example. Yeah, that we both want to play, and we just never get round to it because we play other things. I think one of the things I do want to do is try and look through some of the stuff that I've got. What rules-wise? 
rules-wise, figures-wise as well, and um, potentially eBay stuff. You know, you know, for instance, all that traveller stuff. Yes. I don't use it. I've had it for nigh on 35 years, probably. Um, it's going to have to go. I keep thinking about doing that and then going, no, I can't be bothered. Well, I did it with my fantasy stuff, and I have, every now and then, I, I have an urge to say, oh, I like, just pull out that, oh, I haven't got it. Oh, well, that's the way it is. I'm putting my... Uh, Skaven away? Skaven stuff away. In storage. I'm leaving enough out to do a Dragon Rampant force. And that's it, the rest is going away. So, uh, is that the sort of um, 2015, 2016s stuff wrapped up, pretty much? I would think so. Yeah, I'd say so. It's all got a bit sad now. Is it? Mm. Why? Because you're Skaven. Yeah. Let's talk about films in 2015. I don't know, is that what we had to talk about? Well, no, we're going to talk about Specialist Gaming as well. Oh, yeah. That was quite exciting. <laughs> it doesn't sound <laughs> it in your, in your voice. No, 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 it was. It was. Well, that it won't was. take long, really, will it? Well, no, because we know... Because we don't know anything yet. <laughs> no. Although some prototype, whatever, and our was leaked for Blood Bowl, but they yeah. have all said all indications point to the fact that it's uh, a year away. Yes. What did you think to the fact that the figures were 32 mil? I didn't care. No. no. Well, you're not a Blood Bowl. Yeah, but I wouldn't care even if I went to play Blood Bowl. This is true, yeah. You already play with models that are too big to fit in the squares. I, no, not on my board, they don't. Well, because you've, you've, you've got an oversized board. I, I made a board, didn't yeah. I? Yeah. But if you play playing on a standard board... Big guys does, don't, yeah, fit, don't yeah. fit in the squares. Exactly right. So what difference does it make? None. And I suspect that even when the new game go, comes out, they'll still not fit in the squares. I would agree. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. I like the look of it. I think it's going to be interesting to see how much crossover there is from old Blood Bowl IP and Cyanide. Yes. Um, I think it will sell incredibly well. I think it will as well. Um, I would I've probably, not... you know, I will probably buy a set. Um, I will wait to see what it's. I mean, I play Bud Bowl probably once every two years. We have a league. We had one last year. I don't know if we'll have one this year. Um, and it's great fun when it lasts. Yeah, I, well, I've said I've said before. I really like Blood Bowl. I just don't like the people who play it. Hmm. Or, no, that's that's unfair. I don't like the way that it is played. Yeah. Um, the you know it's back to the making noises. Um, I I've had um people can go back and listen to me rant on full uh, old episodes of Fools Dailies, um about the using dice cups. Yeah. Um. I don't need that in my gaming life. But as a game, you know, if we were playing around, around my house or 
over at Matt's or one, you know, one of the other guys wants the game of Blood Bowl, I would quite happily play Blood Bowl. I, I really like the game. I've always liked it. I've always liked the progression system. Um, all of those, all of those things. I'm, you know, who cares if one team's better? You know, if there's an imbalance in the teams, and there are definitely imbalances in the teams. Um, you know, there's a re- there's a reason that if you're the same sorts of teams win the leagues all the time. But it's a fun. It is a fun game. It's always been a fun game. I played the very first version where you had little cardboard standees. Yep, mm-hmm. I, had, I had that as well with um, the cardboard jigsaw pitch. Yep. Um, so I played. You know, I had the Dallas Crowbows. They were a dark elf team. Um, so, pink polystyrene like version as well. Sorry. Pink polystyrene? No, grey polystyrene. Oh, the, grey the, polystyrene. Um, oh, what, what did they call it? AstroTurf, was it? Or something Astro- like that? AstroGranite. AstroGranite, yeah. Yes, and the blue and red plastic teams. Yeah. Single pose, yes. Um, so I've played, I've played all of the versions that they released. Um, we played a brilliant campaign in the, in the GW store in Oxford um, when the version with the foldy pitch was first released. Um, that's when I was playing my undead team, R.I.P. Um, we had a, we had a great, you know we had a great campaign. I remember I remember a game I was playing against. I, I, I must have been what early twenties then, and I'm playing. I was playing against this fourteen, fifteen year old kid, and he had his um, halfling team, and he's throwing his halflings with his tree men, and my mummies are like. <laughs> Every time I get to a halfling and hit it, you know, you splat the halfling. But he's throwing so many halflings, they're scoring. It was brilliant. It was an absolutely awesome game. Um, so I really, really enjoyed it. And, you know, as I said, the th- reason that I don't play locally is that it's all far too serious. Um, so Yeah. It's funny how sometimes the dick factor can kill a game locally. Hmm. I, I'm certainly interested in it. I'm certainly interested in see what they do. Um, I'm, in, I'm interested in to see what they do. Will it set any sort of precedent on what's to come? Because they've talked about Epic and uh, Necromunda. Necromunda, BFG, have they? And Mortal. Yeah. Well, all of them. Yeah. But I don't see. I, I mean, I've not. I've not seen Man of War mentioned at all. Well, it was. It was never a special Dreadfully. game. No. Wasn't it? No. No. Okay. <laughs> <coughs> Fair enough. So th- that's why it wasn't. It won't be mentioned. No. If they're if they're sensible, they'll bring it back. Well, I'm kind of thinking that um, there's a IP P- PC game coming out for that. So I'm thinking perhaps they will do something with that. Yeah, they could well. They could well. Yeah. Um, Epic is obviously the one that I'm most interested in. Yeah, I'm, I'm worried about. I'm want, I want to see if it's going to set any sort of precedence on what they do with the game. You know, whether they essentially, re, you know, do what they've done with Blood Bowl that they have done with AOS, or they take what's there and tweak it and repackage it as such um, with some spins. You know, 
as GW are want to do, or they just essentially just rebox it and update it. Well, it won't. No, they're almost certainly going to change the rules. Not massively, I wouldn't. Ima- I wouldn't mm. think. I think the core concepts will be the same, but I, I guarantee. Well, I mean, I won't guarantee, but I'm almost certain that there will be changes to the rule system. That it will not just be the living rule book because they can't yeah, use yeah. a living rule book because they've got no copyright control over it. But with their <laughs> with the move with the move to being a little bit more engaged with the community. Well, it doesn't they, matter. They... It doesn't matter. If you want to, if you want an idea of how it's going to be, look at how Blood Bowl on the computer plays. Mm. Yep. Which is not the same as how the Living Rulebook plays Blood Bowl. No. Um, even if you're playing the turn-based one, it's not the same. Um, I imagine that it will be far closer to that, which it, which is still the same game. You know, if you saw someone playing a tabletop version of Cyanide's Blood Bowl and the current Living Rulebook side-by-side, you would think it was the same game. There's just subtle differences, there's subtle and then there's, differences. Then, and then there's the team stuff, yeah. I think, I think you'll get a re, you know, probably get a reduced skill set. I think that you'll have um, different star players. Um, those, you know, those sorts of things. And, you know, and certainly less teams. You know, official, the official living rule book, there's about 50 different teams. No, there's not that many, is there? There's loads. Yeah. You know, there's, there's undead, vampires, co- tomb kings. Lizzies, goblins, halflings, yeah. You just keep going. Um, so but the, but the, just thinking a little bit outside the box, so let's say 32 mil is where they go with it. Well, it, it, so they will. Almost what certainly. would you see it's them changing? Warhammer base size now, isn't it? Yes. Would you see them changing the scale of Epic, for example? No. I thought about this the other day, actually. Ooh. Because my answer would be yes. My answer originally creep was up yes, to 10 mil? that they would go to 10 mil. Um, which what scale is Spartan stuff? 10 mil 10 mil yeah okay I I think there will be a change in scale because that's how you 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 basically got buy figures potentially haven't you well no because No, no you don't yes you don't but again we're going back to the the gamers inside us Will the rule set work with what we've got already? Well, of course it will. Might not. How can it not? It's just a matter of... You know, every rule set will work with every scale if you're prepared to put a little bit of effort in modifying distances. Yeah. You know, so we're playing... Back to Dragon Rampant. We're playing Dragon Rampant at 15 mil. The rule set there is designed at 28 mil. Okay? 
the transition you make to play at 15 mil is you change wherever it says inch, you change it to centimeter. Mm-hmm. That's it. But that's been thought of in the rule set as well. Yeah, but it, but it doesn't matter, does it? No. If the, you know the ba- the beauty of small scale games is that the base sizes don't make any difference. Do you know what I like about Iron Cross? What? There are no ranges. Same as Infinity. Same as Relic Knights. So it should be. No table is going to be a mile across. That's a killing range for a rifle. Things, be- things become more effective if you're closer. Oh, so there is ranges then. But that's it. But that's a generic rule for everything. I think hitting something with a Luger that is um, the other side of the board is slightly ridiculous. It's D10 as well. Well, that's all right. I don't care about that. I like D10s. I think it's a good dice system. Mm-hmm. Um, though, I, you know, I was having this discussion. To, I was having this a quick discussion today on Twitter about um, Frostgrave, and you know, it being a D20 system, and the fact that I like that it's a D. It's a pure D20 system rather than being a bell curve. Yep. Because I like the unpredictability. Yeah, that there is. There's no, you know, with a bell curve you can massage it, and you <laughs> can go okay. Massage the bell curve. Well, you know what you know because you know the probabilities, and the probabilities increase as you get towards the centre of the curve. You can you know that if your spells, for example, fall within that, you've got more chance of casting them. Yeah. Um, on a D twenty system. You've got just as much chance of rolling the one as you've got of rolling the twenty. Yeah, it's good that you're not. It's, it takes the predictability out of it. You know, the average sort of two d six moving towards the seven being on the top of that bell curve. Yeah. The fickle finger of fate may strike you down in Frostgrave, especially with your stupid dice that only roll 20s for you and 1s for me. Yeah. <laughs> so back to Epic. No scale change. Um, I'd be surprised. I don't think they will. Uh, but it wouldn't surprise... But, but if they did, I don't see it as a big deal because I don't see that there is a massive difference... Um, if you went, so, say you went to ten mil, okay, then your bases for your troops become bigger. You know, because you, if you don't, if you're not completely rewriting the, the the rule system, then you're still effectively on strips of troops. Yeah. So, if your bases your bases become bigger. In the game, it doesn't actually have that much of an effect. Because you're already allowed multiple different base sizes and designs anyway. Yeah. You know, the game the game as is accommodates troops being on 20 mil squares or 40 by 10s. Or variations in between. Or circles, or... 
hexes. So if they became if they became fifties by twenties to accommodate larger models. Now it would look it would look relatively funny on the table, but I'm not sure that they're going to put in for a, a game like Epic. I'm not convinced that they'll put that much development money in it to um, rebuild everything. No. I think you're far more likely to um, see it still at six and modifications of existing things. You know, they've already got a really good plastic land raid or a really good metal land raid that they could just turn into plastic Mm. that matches what their current IP is. You know, it's the ranges where they've noticeably deviated in style design. Take your Tyranids, for example. The style of modern Tyranid stuff, 40K-wise, is very different from the style that there was at the time. Mm. When, Epi- when the Epic Tyranids... But look at, you know, things like Carnifaxes and stuff are a very different type of model now. Um, so that's where, if you were going to do a full thing, that's where your design time ends up, rather than being on your Marines. Because your Rhino still looks like a Rhino. Yeah. Your Bane Blade still looks the same. You know, a 40k Bane Blade looks the same as an Epic Bane Blade because it was designed off the Epic Bane Blade model. Yeah. And it might be, they might go to 10 mil. I mean, you know, a 10 mil Bane Blade will look awesome. Well, the only thing that potentially you've got is if they take it in the 30k direction, because officially there is no epic 30k stuff. Yeah. And that might, you see, that that wouldn't surprise me if that's what they if they did. Mm. And then we're, they just had a whole load of new marines and stuff. And maybe they would yeah. go to 10 mil for that. Yeah. But they're not going, you're not going to go. You're not going to go much bigger. You're not. You're not going to. Go, you're not certainly not going to go to 15. No, it's no point because then you're just playing 40k. Well, so, yeah, and you're stepping on 40k's toes. Yeah. At 15, because people will go, well, you know, I could just play at 15. Whereas, which is why I think that it's more likely to stay at six because it's such yeah. a scale difference. Yeah, because not being funny, I would contemplate playing individually based 10 mil figures to play 40k. Yeah. But I wouldn't do it with 6 mil. Because that's what Epic's is for. But I'm not, I'm not worried. But then I'm not... You know, I'm not mega invested in that community. I really like Epic. I really enjoy every game of Epic I play. Um, you know, even if I'm using new armies that, in the end of the day, I don't really get on with. From an aesthetics point of view. Um, I still really enjoy the game. But I'm not, I'm not invested in it in the same way that some of our friends are, you know, involved in the community and things. So it doesn't worry me what they would do because if I don't like what they would do, I, I would just carry on playing what I play. Mm. If I do like what they'll do, then, you know, I'm quite capable of switching between game systems and versions and things. Yeah. Um, you know, it was what it was like. When Malifaux switched to second edition, okay, I never understood all the angst about um, 
it switching? Because nothing was preventing you from playing your old version. If you and you, you and your friends didn't want to play the new stuff, that's fine. Oh, but what about new models? Well, you just make stuff up for them. Yeah. Or you don't use them. Yeah, I mean, so I never understood. I never understood the the angst and the grief about switching editions. I've never, I've never understood it. I've never understood it in no. you know in fantasy and stuff. It's that I don't. We we had this discussion back in the day when AOS came out. It didn't suddenly stop you playing fantasy or make all your fantasy rule books and army books and things irrelevant. So if you still wanted to play that, that's fine. And, you know, with your mates and things, if you wanted to do it, um, and you look at, you know, GW were bringing out some cool new figures, like those dwarf slayers that were leaked today. Yeah. Um, you know, dwarf slayers riding fire-breathing salamander beasts. They look really cool. Then um, you just make up some rules for them. Oh, but what about tournaments? Oh, who cares about tournaments? You know. Yeah, but that, that's that's the thing that people have, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, that's I'm, why people got their knickers in a twist about it. Yeah, and I mean, I like tournaments. I'm, you know, I'm going to more Malifaux tournaments in the next two months than I think I went to all of last year. Um, because you know, I like going and playing in Malifaux tournaments, and I'm sure if there was a Frostgrave event. That I'd like to go and play in that. Well, once they're painted, anyway. Mm. Um, but you know, I don't really care if, if if people are, you know, house ruling stuff and things. Mm. So I think we're we're basically in the camp of it's cautiously nerve not ne- not necessarily nervous it basically stuff's happened and it may we may or may not be interested in it it would we'll keep an eye on it but it doesn't really bother us at the moment uh we've been through too many changes you know from game versions to game systems to have to worry about it um and at the end of the day you know take epic as an example or even blood bolt both game systems are essentially dead, as far as GW is concerned. Yeah. And people are still mm. them. So we've still got that ability, even if something comes along and we don't like it. You know. Yeah, I'm just going back to uh, talking about Kings of War as we were. Mm. Uh, did you see their announcement today? No, I didn't know. They've announced a two-player starter box. Ooh, <laughs> what is mm. available on the? Twelfth Kings uh, is that a Kickstarter or is that something that no, they're no, putting it's out on themselves? the twelfth of March? It's called Honor and Treachery. Um, it uh, don't have a price. Has fifteen figures in it. What per side or just fifteen figures? Just fifteen figures. Well, how is that a star set? For Kings of War, that's not even a unit, is it? Uh, well, the Malifaux one only has, what, four, eight figures in it. <laughs> Honour and Treachery, it's called, yeah? Yes. Um, it's Garitsi and Nazir. 
So it's not Kings of Four, it's Wrath of Kings, then. Right, right that is why... You said Kings of War. Kings of War. Oh, sorry. That's why I was confused. (laughs) That's why when I said 15 figures, that's not even a unit. (laughs) Sorry, I... I I was trying to work that one out as well. All right, I'm a buffoon. (laughs) No, it's late. That's right, makes a change from being me. Yes, Wrath of Kings. Right. As a two-player set. But it's still only 15 figures. Some werewolves versus some ash men. So it's probably, what, five werewolves and ten ash men. Would be my guess. Yeah. Terrain templates and unit cards. You can't play it without the unit cards. No, they are inherent into the game. <laughs> $60 retail. It's not a bad price, really. No. Well, it is if, you, if you buy it and there's no support for the game. Yeah, you may as well... Um... Flush the money down the toilet? Yep. Yeah. That's what I'd say. God, we sound old and miserable. <laughs> no. Yeah. No, no, we just got burnt we, by... We are just experienced, aren't we? So we've got time for uh, films or not? Yeah, why not? You're wrong about Star Wars. There. That's that done. Why didn't you like Star Wars? Without spoilers. Without spoilers. What, you mean people haven't seen it yet? If they haven't seen it, they're obviously not fans anyway. It's been the Christmas period. Um, This is true. I didn't not enjoy it. I didn't not like it. I just found it, it was just... It was more of the same. I can't give say why without spoilers, basically. Okay, so you felt it was just... No, no, so you felt it was just a rehash. Yes. But you feel that Star Trek isn't. Uh, And that's probably why I've said on Twitter... And admitted and come out and said that I'm probably more of a Star Trek fan than I am a Star Wars fan. Yeah. I mean, even J.J. Abrams admits that Into Darkness is a complete rehash of Wrath of Khan. Yeah. Yeah, but that's what makes it cool. I know. it's. I, I, I love I Into Darkness. I know. I, but I, don't, I, I understand the apology for the unnecessary underwear shots. Which you liked. Which I love, because let's face it. Who wouldn't? <laughs> Why well, would you where, where, where was that? even a undercrackers? Was that in, in Into Darkness? Did I miss yeah, that? Yes, yeah, when she's getting changed on the shuttle and... Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And yes. he turns around for no reason. She's just there in her pants and bra. And you're like... <laughs> but, uh, you know, that's just 14-year-old boy territory. Which... It's too old for me, you. It's, it's, <laughs> um... But, but that, you know, they've come out and said, you know, it wasn't perhaps the best conceived shot. It was exactly that. It was a 14-year-old boy wank shot. Um, or, as it turns out, a 42-year-old man um, wank shot. But, um... Are you only 42? I don't, well, I was then. I was going to say. <laughs> but, um... I don't see why they should apologise for... In effect, um, Into Darkness being a 
a rehash, reboot, reimagining of Wrath of Khan when, you know, that's what those two new Star Trek films are. And I don't necessarily see why people should feel aggrieved at The Force Awakens being a rehash. Similar story arc to Okay, so, a new so taking it in that vein, uh, in, when I went to see Into Darkness, knowing it was a rehash of Wrath of Khan, um, I don't think it's as good as the original, but I still enjoyed it. So taking it in that light, I still enjoyed and yeah, and I did, I enjoyed the Star Wars film. I don't think it's in my top ten films for this year. Really? Oh, yep. yeah, but is Fury Road in the top ten, your top ten for this year? It's... It's in there as a release. Actually, I haven't got a top ten. Did you like Fury Road? No. Right. I liked I liked the fact that it was Mad Max. I liked some of the imagery in it. I liked some of the ideas in it. But in terms of the film in itself, it was... I felt pretty insipid when I came out of the... There you <laughs> go. Something cinema. we all agree on, then. Yes. But I have got other films in there. Go on, then. I have got Chappie. Uh, yes, I like that. Uh, Terminator Genesis. Yeah, like that. Man from mm-hmm. Uncle. Haven't seen Haven't it. Seen it yet. The Martian. Haven't seen it. Bridge nope. of Spies. Which one is Bridge of Spies? Uh, Tom Hanks. New, isn't it the new Tom Hanks one? And what's his face? Thingamajig. His name escapes me. Got to be the BFG. Rylance. Mark Rylance. Okay, again, I haven't seen it. The Last Witch Hunter. Van Diesel. Vin Van Diesel. Vin Diesel, Sam. Oh, I didn't like that. Uh, Paddington. Uh, That was brilliant. Paddington. Paddington was good. Theory of Everything. I really liked the Theory of Everything. American Sniper. Um, Which one's Theory of Everything? Hawking. Oh, the Eddie Redmayne one. Yeah, yeah. I, didn't I don't like think it. you liked that, did you? Yeah, you. Didn't no, like I didn't like. It. I didn't like it as much as the um, Steven imitation the, game. Imitation game. Yeah, uh, I've got American Sniper in there. Uh, that was rubbish. No, X- I quite liked it. In fairness, I've got X Machina in there. X Machina. Machina, yeah. which I've not seen that yet. Uh, that's. That has very good concepts. It's horrendously predictable. The ending sucks. Because it's, it. it's so telegraphed what the ending is going to be. I believe that's what I said to you the other day, Matt. You did indeed. Ant-Man? Uh, yeah, it's decent. I liked Child it, but... Child 44? Haven't seen that. No. And Kingsman. Kingsman, Kingsman I loved. Is, Kingsman is excellent. So, my film choices weren't too bad, apart from the ones that you haven't seen. Um, you, you liked quite a lot of them. Yeah, you didn't have um, Whiplash in there. No, not seen it. All right, I didn't like Whiplash at all. Didn't have Ultron in there. I have got it on the list, but I don't rate that as as good as any of the other films that I saw in there. It's uh, So you would pick Ant-Man over Ultron? Yes. Uh, wrong. No, uh, you see, Mike, I think, agrees with me there as well. I don't think... I don't know. 
I don't think Age of Ultron is as good as the first Avengers. Oh, Age of Ultron oh, certainly not. isn't as good as um, Avengers. But, no. But then it's a transition film to go from phase one to phase two. Oh, sorry, phase two to phase three, I mean. It is definitely uh, a transition I, I love it. I love it because it is Avengers. Uh, I don't like it because there are elements of the film that are just so similar to the first film. The ending. I said that when we came out. The whole... Mm masses of things in there you know yeah. the army in the first one yeah now yeah. to be fair i don't like the fact that quicksilver died <laughs> oh i couldn't care about that because i really like quicksilver yeah, but he's, in a, he's in irrelevance as when it comes to avengers i oh, know i understand that but i'm used to the old avengers as well yeah, not, the old avengers the, the, wasn't in not he was he wasn't he came in much much later he came in at about issue eight or nine when basically Hawkeye came in and then um, Hulk buggered off. Captain America was constant. Iron Man went. But then that the new Avengers included Hawkeye, Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch. This is like the sort of you, many, many, into... many 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 years ago Avengers yeah you slipped into comic book geekery again I don't have truck with that sort of thing that's, that's as much far as I go Matt okay I liked it because it had the hints of the already the frictions and um, fractures in the team that come obviously bigger in Civil War as I say I don't do the comic book so I don't know how that story plays out in the books, but I'm quite, I like the idea of what I've seen so far. I like the trailer for Civil War, looks mighty. So, it's very, I'm, very good. I'm really looking forward to that this year. Um, I would probably say the film that I enjoyed the most I don't know if it came out, I'm just trying to think. The film I probably enjoyed the most now that's a there's films i've watched lots i've watched ultron many many times i've watched kingsman quite a few times the one that probably made me think about it the most afterwards and i don't know if it came out this year but i certainly watched it this year was a film called predestination predestination yes which is kind of a time travel crime thriller But it may have come out in 2014. 2014, yeah. Yeah, but I watched it. I watched it this year, so. Ethan Hawke. Yes. Not seen that. It's definitely worth a watch, and it's, it's probably a, one you'll Heinle, only. It's a Highland story. Yeah, but it's probably one you'll only want to watch once because it will be enough to make you. And for three or four days afterwards, I was going. But if that happens, and that person was this person that did that to this... So it's this whole time loop paradox thing that goes through the whole film. Um, very cleverly done. Um, very well acted. Doesn't kind of get too hung up in the seriousness of time travel, but raises some really good sort of questions in your head of what the hell just happened. Mm. 
And that's probably the one I enjoyed most from the fact it made me think the most. The one I enjoyed most just on the crest of the excitement is Star Wars. Yes. But but I have to admit, I've seen it twice now, really enjoyed it both times, but have found myself being more critical of it after the fact, for the same reasons that you've sort of raised, Conrad, in the fact that it... It's not what um, Into Darkness was, which was kind of a reboot of a familiar storyline. It's supposed to be the continuation of a storyline. And I know it's kind of the origin film of the new trilogy. But it is dangerously close to a new... I thought the second time I watched it, it was less close. I've only watched it once. I think um, I've, I've had conversations, obviously, about this. Probably like you guys have as well. I think it's it's very much a case of obviously Disney have bought the franchise for mm-hmm. it, um, and I think there is a certain element of creating a Star Wars experience for a generation that didn't have it. Yeah. The same as the last, well, as, as same as one, two, three, and four, five, and six were for generations before, and perhaps, although I'm sort of reveling in the experience that it is Star Wars, I enjoyed the Man from Uncle a lot more, probably because I was invested in in Uncle and the idea of con- and concept of Uncle. Mm. As opposed to Star Wars. There's stuff I love about Star Wars. I love X-Wings, for instance. Yeah, mm. I love TIE Fighters. I love the the idea of the Force, and I love the idea of um, the lightsabers as well. The Walkers. There's, there's elements of that of that which are which you know which are classic sci-fi essentially, and and are brilliant. It would not want me to make it. I wouldn't want to go and see it again, necessarily. Mm. I think my top film for 2015 is going to be either Man from Uncle or The Margin, I think. Probably The Margin. The Margin? Mm. Not The Martian. And The Martian. The Marshmallow. The Marshman. I haven't, se- I haven't seen Man from Uncle. Um, I will watch it. I've read the re- I read the reviews, um, which were all pretty much bad. Yeah, <laughs> exactly right. But I will watch it because I like Man from Uncle as well. Interesting. Yeah. If, I wonder if they will actually make another one. Um, given how much money it lost, probably <laughs> no. no. I've probably not. No, I don't know that actually lost money. It's it, it's very difficult for things to lose money these days because of, you know, streaming rights and things. Mm. But, um, I, will go, I will watch it, um, but I'll, put, I'll probably 67% put it 67% on Rotten Tomatoes. Well, that's not too bad. 
It's not great, though. Um, I loved Star Wars. It would be my top movie of the year. Um, I really, really liked it. Um, and as I was saying today, to someone today, um, when I saw it the second time, because I wasn't watching it with expectations and mm. and you know I knew what was going to happen, so therefore I was just able to enjoy it as a movie. Yeah. Um, I thought it was even better than I thought when I came out of the cinema at three thirty in the morning, whatever it was. <laughs> yeah. Have you ever done that for any other films? Nope. No, not a midnight showing. I I did it for. I've done opening day. I've done opening day for the three Lord of the Rings films, but they were kind of like the ten o'clock in the morning showing, not a midnight showing. I've done a midnight showing for the first Batman ever. With. Mr. Burton's. Nilsson. Nicholson in it. Yeah. Yeah. Which was well worth it. Oh, yeah, it's a good movie. Yeah. Yes, it is. Um, right. Well, there we go. That's sort of 2015 movies. Yeah. Um, oh, I like Ghost Protocol as well. Surprised you haven't said Big Hero Six. Oh, that was I did really enjoy Big Hero Six. I've still not seen it, but I really want to see it. It's really, really good. Um My oldest daughter won't hear this. It made her cry. Hmm. Um it made her cry so much that when we came out and we went um for, to the restaurant for some food, she was still crying. Uh it's a a really, really good movie. If you can get your butt up here at some point, Conrad, I've got it here, so I'll let you watch it, and then you can weep gently into my lap. Again. <laughs> um, Emily has it on DVD. So. But she won't let me watch it. She probably will. You just have to come here. Yeah. I smell. You smell. I've <laughs> ruined Rinse Wind. Have you? How have you managed that? Yeah, but I've painting when I shouldn't have been painting him. Well, you, you said you'd put the washers on and you were going to leave him alone for tonight. No, and I didn't. And now he's ruined, so... Into the stripper he goes. He's going in the stripper. So, the bursar it is, then. It could well be the bursar. <laughs> so, was that him going in the stripper now? No, that, but that is that is him, now on his, not on his base. I, yeah, that's what I figured that noise was. Yeah, that is him. But Ridicully, I've managed not to ruin, so... And all I've got left to do on Ridicully is his eyes and one more bit. Is he the rich brown one? Yes. Yeah. Yes, he's really... He, the, the colours are really nice on that. The, the, it's very rich and... I'm really pleased with him. I think he's looks lovely. The, the best f- figure I've painted in a long, long time. Are you avoiding the eyes on purpose? Yes. Um, yeah. Dwayne is coming over on Wednesday to play Frostgrave and um, he's an excellent painter uh, and I'm going to get him to give me some pointers on doing the eyes so some pointers in the eyes that like... make them blink and that makes them hard to paint <laughs> so that they don't look just like starey, you know mad eyes mm. but I've got one more layer to do on his, um, the cobblestones on his base and then 
I think he's done. Because I've finished his crossbow while we've been talking. So I might put another edge highlight on it. I shall see what it looks like in daylight. Mm. Well, I've glued a load of hellhounds together and put some wash on a load of tanks. So I'm going to spray the hellhounds before I go to sleep and get their base colour on. I think the only thing left to do is to talk about our competition. What competition? Oh, that competition. The competition. I don't know what competition. So Matt and I were talking yesterday and we thought we would have a competition. Yes. And um, some decent prizes. Um, So you can win a copy of Iron Cross that Matt has been talking about. Yeah. And some infamy resin figures from their Kickstarter that are not on sale yet. So, And it's going to be a very, very easy competition to enter. Uh, when this episode goes up, there will be a tweet from the Butterfly Gamer Twitter account. Um, Butterfly, the Butterfly Gamers. <laughs> talking about this episode. And all you have to do is retweet it. And we will pick randomly one of the people who retweets it will win the prizes. Yep. All of them? You're not separating it out? No, no, they'll win all of them. No. Woohoo! Because the way we roll. Is that Which is give us. Can I retweet it? No. Well, you can, no. you just, your name won't come out. I'll have to find us. You do 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 no. No. <laughs> and and once you you declare your shipping address, you'll be rumbled. Mm. I can get round that though. How? By sending it next door. <laughs> Such an idiot. Yes. Right. So there will be a competition and you can win prizes and stuff. Yeah. And hopefully in a little while's time there'll be another episode. Um, yeah, quite possibly. If you've enjoyed listening to us, let us know. If you've hated listening to us, let us know. Whoa, 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 whoa. No, if you've hated listening to us, bugger off. Listen to uh, somebody else's podcast that is less satisfactory. No, no, let us know that you didn't like it. We'll tell you why you're wrong. Oh, <laughs> I, oh yeah, I see what you've done there. Yeah, you see? Yeah, all right then. Um, but hopefully you like it because it's basically just a long episode of Fool's Daily and plenty of people like that. So, Yeah. Um, has anyone got anything else they want to say? Bye! <laughs> That'll be that then. <laughs> yeah. No, I don't think so. All right then. Well, um, there might be some closing music or anything. We haven't got that far. <laughs> yeah, we haven't really thought this through particularly. No. Um, and you'll probably be like three weeks from recording date because Matt's in charge of editing. We might sound... I've got Friday off. Oh, I meant to say, I've got Friday off. Oh. We might, we might sound all a bit tired now. It would it be becomes... Friday, wouldn't it? Do you want to get together in the afternoon? And next Monday. Oh, that would be better for getting to get together. Okay, we'll do next Monday then. Because Friday I have to take the... Stupid rabbit with its broken leg to the vet to have it x-rayed. What, you're going to have the vet x-rayed? No, I'm going to have the rabbit x-rayed. 
and I'm sure it will cost me fortune again. Yeah. Stupid bloody rabbit. One thing, and that's putting them under pastry. Oh, nice game, boy. Anyway. Hmm. Bye-bye. What's the rabbit's name? Roger. Expensive. <laughs> Yeah.